What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast, y'all. Kind of relates, but not so much. I mean, maybe. Depending on what type of sex you're into, I guess. We're talking about sex today. But first off, who do we got with us? Aaron's in the middle, you guys. I know, I've never been in the middle. You Usually got, on the end. But it, it, it goes well with like your outfit. I Although just, you might be like a floating... <laughs> your pants are like actually the color of the seat. I oh. planned it like that. Yeah, Aaron's going to like be floating. <laughs> like, I am a levitating torso. <laughs> oh my gosh, this episode is going to be wild because I've got espresso in my coffee. Watch out. Thanks for the coffee, Jess. You're welcome. Oh, and I'm Jess. I'm here today too with Dr. Aaron. <laughs> and and me. About. And Mel. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> I'm and just Mel. here. I thought you were going to introduce yourself. No. Yeah. You can, you can, y'all can guess who I am. Maybe I've changed my name. You never know. <laughs> what have you guys been up to? I know I haven't seen Jess in a long time. A very long time. So I'm grateful you're here. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Feels good to be back in this space. I moved and I got a new job. So I'm working like 35 hours a week at this pain clinic. I spend all day working with patients and it is super, super rewarding most of the patients uh, come from a medical setting, so they've never had care like I provide because I've learned so much from Mel and Dr. Aaron, and it's very, like, holistic care in that my, even my coworkers are like, Jess isn't really a therapist. She's a healer. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to do that in a medical setting is both challenging and incredibly rewarding. Yeah. I like it a lot. You're a guide. You're yes. a bridge. And we moved, like I said. So I've been registering my kids for all things Egan. Egan, what up? It's time consuming, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm here for the first time since maybe the last time we recorded a podcast. Yeah, because yeah. the last time we recorded, you were, you had just, I think it was May. Yeah. Was it May or June? Uh, June. I had gotten it engaged. Was after Alaska. Yeah. yeah. I had gotten engaged. Yeah. Starting my job. Buying a house. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, All the fun things. Uh, nothing too new for me. I've been a networking fiend lately. Yeah, Erin's so. a relationship <laughs> queen lately. <laughs> so it's it's been really fun to like meet other people in the community and kind of like bridging those relationships with folks and other professionals. And then my parents are going to be visiting uh, Minnesota for the first time ever. They're actually ever? road tripping. Yeah. What? Yeah. So they're going to road trip out here. So I'm super excited for that. They'll be here for the state fair. So I get to experience my first Minnesota oh state my fair. Gosh. Are they staying with you? 
No, uh, they're going to do a hotel. They might do an Airbnb on White Bear Lake for one night. Fun. So, good choice. Yeah. Kind of bougie, but there's I'm some here good for Airbnbs it. in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And yeah. White Bear Lake has a boat rental place on it. So you can rent pontoons and stuff. Well, and I think the Airbnb that they're interested in has kayaks like available for oh, use too. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yay. And you, you've never been to the fair, obviously. I've never so. been to the fair. And yeah. I can walk to the fair from where yeah, I live, which is extra convenient. I am nervous to see what parking is like on my street because I don't have a private driveway. Oh, you don't. I was going to say, <laughs> you should block off with cones and I charge people. Thinking the same That's like thing. a thing. I'm not but kidding. Where do I you park? can't. You can't do that if, if it's not your private property, Damn. like the street. All right, don't but take advice from me on up, that. You could set up cones and like like a caution tape <laughs> just to block off your spot. Be like, oh, you can't park here because there's a or pothole. <laughs> if they want to take your spot, it's like 100 bucks, yo, to yeah. like get a lift somewhere. <laughs> everything wow. is an entrepreneurial journey <laughs> i'm learning lots here yeah it's it's uh it can get pretty wild over there i mean you're a little bit removed but like the houses that are right outside the fair i mean people park in their lawn 20 yeah. bucks a spot i mean they probably do really well so, oh yeah. yeah we parked there like i'm not a state fair enthusiast too many smells for me um <laughs> but we parked in somebody's lawn and they had like 15 cars yeah. in their lawn and driveway wow. and they were charging $25 a parking spot. Yeah. That's yeah. Insane. And for folks who aren't from Minnesota listening to this, supposedly Minnesota has the best state fair in the whole U.S. That's what they between say. Between what? Minnesota and Texas. So it's a big uh, deal. Bring it on, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really don't care. Like I, some people, I know I have some clients I love y'all. You guys really get into the fair. Like you go every day. I just, I don't know. I, if I'm going to go, I'm going to like the beer garden and sitting down and watching people. It is good people watching, but like, I don't get into too much of that food. Like I go into a coma. Yeah. Although they do have deep fried avocado, which was very interesting, but there's always new deep fried shit. I'm excited to like see all the vendors because I know like it's, highly competitive to like get a vendor spot yeah. so i'm i'm curious to like see who's all there's in good there artists too. and stuff moxie yeah. mollis will be there shout out jessica Woo-woo. and the people who put up stands there make like a good amount of money especially oh, yeah. like sweet martha's or the fry stand like yep. they make a good amount of money there every year it's, it's it is cool to experience like mel i'm not into it i've probably been 10 times in my life yeah I am taking Jack to his first concert, Aww. and it's at the State Fair. What's the concert? <laughs> young Gravy. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Michael told me that. He was like, do you know Young Gravy? I was like, I don't think so. Do uh, he's fine. <laughs> he's from Minnesota, so it's kind of exciting. Um, his music is okay. It's not just not my style um, at all. You're taking your 11-year-old child there. <laughs> Yeah, to Young Gravy. (laughs) (laughs) He's saying some pretty inappropriate things, but you know what? He's seen way worse. I would rather, and this is just like overall, because on the topic of today's conversation of sex is like, I would rather my, I know what my child is seeing and watching so that I can have that conversation with them. Yeah, totally. Um, Like we're going to hear some things that are really inappropriate. Yep. And I would rather have, know what he's hearing and seeing so that, we could just be open about it. Yep. So there's yep. not 
a need to be quiet or secretive. Yeah, or he can hide. co-regulate with you. Exactly. Which, yeah, that is a good segue because we're talking about sex, y'all. Let's talk about sex, baby. Um, I don't know. Everything and nothing is new with me. That's basically where I'm at in life. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Lately, I've been just so grateful to be alive. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'm integrating from uh, a big journey this last weekend. So, you know, I'll share, I'll share more as it comes through. But I've been feeling a lot of gratitude lately for the work I do and the people around me. And to the point where I'm like, sometimes I like cry as I'm driving to the office. Like, I'm just like so grateful. Um, so I'm grateful for you too. We're glad you're alive too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. All right. Um, yeah, I'm glad that the doctors got the cord unwrapped around my neck when I was born. I'll just say that. Thanks, medical system, for that. And another Not good that a midwife couldn't have done that, but. Another good segue because you were born because your parents had sex. Yeah, man. We are all here because of sex. Sex. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we're, we're not being immature or anything. But. Before we get into the content for today, we do have some upcoming fun with Inspire Life and Inspire Co. Um, the first one is our business and entrepreneurship immersion that Michael and I are putting on September 9th, depending on when you're listening to this. And there are still spots available. You can join in person or virtual. And we are going to be talking about all things and foundations of business and entrepreneurship. So we're super excited for that. And then we also have our signature fall Inspire Immersion, which is September, or not September, sorry, November 19th, 16th, wow. <laughs> yep. See, this is where I'm at, y'all. I'm just not going to use words. She's I'm just going to look at you. Nowhere. Everywhere and nowhere. Oh, Time does not exist. Time does not exist. <laughs> September 16th through the 19th. Nope. November. Yep. <laughs> wow. I will get this. Take five. <laughs> November, y'all. November. It will be fall here. It'll be beautiful. It's our fourth one. So, and actually, y'all, Dr. Aaron is going to be facilitating Yay. at the immersion. So, it'll be different. Jess will not be with us this time because her bro is competing in an Ironman. Crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. We support that. And, uh, I don't know. I'm like, it could be a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. I went to Iron Man last November. I like still could cry thinking about how powerful yeah. it was. So I'm like, I'm sad to miss the immersion because I could cry thinking about how powerful those are too. <laughs> but um, I'm excited to like be with my family and yeah. watch my brother compete. He works hard. You'll be with your own immersion. I'll be in be my own immersion. In, yeah. Probably in my own Airbnb. And like, <laughs> <laughs> She'll be, be Arizona, feeling the energy. Right? Yeah, in Arizona. Yeah, so, yeah Arizona in Arizona. In November. Yeah. Not a bad gig. Not, no. Not bad. But the immersions are incredible. Yeah. We're excited. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple spots left, so we'll drop it in the show notes if you're curious. It's definitely not your average retreat. If you have been feeling called to... Come back home to what really matters in your life and your body and your mind and your spirit. This is the place to do it in community and not run away or escape or retreat from challenges, but learn how you do you and how you move through challenges with way more grace and effortlessness. And the theme is a journey towards wholeness this time. So, yeah. So check out the show notes. Check out the details. Uh, November 16th through the 19th. I've got it. If you're coming from out of town, fly into the MSP airport. It is about an hour drive north. So carpool, make sure you get a car, all the details. We've got you. 
you might be able to find an Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was wild. I real, cannot believe that. Yeah, real quick. Aaron, Dr. Aaron, and now Dr. Jess came to the immersion when they were students. A, a week before taking part for boards, Oh, yes. Too. Also, yes. For you chiropractic <laughs> students or any students of any kind listening to this, like, they are definitely a representation of, like, what is possible when you connect with your purpose and you pass part four, right? Oh, like yeah. clearly you're here, yeah. you're a doctor. <laughs> um, but these two show up and I'm like, how did you get here? And they're like, we Ubered. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> and the guy, like we paid him under the table, like paid him cash. <laughs> Cause he was like, yo, um, you're driving, like you want to go an hour away <laughs> into the middle of nowhere. There's no way I'm going to pick up a ride to come back. So it's like a waste of my money. I was like, yep. but what if I pay you cash and a little bit more <laughs> than what you would have made? And he was like, okay, done. What a great negotiator. <laughs> yeah, it was great. He was like, I just need to stop and do my meditation for like five minutes and we'll hit the road. And I said, great. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that he stopped into meditation. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So. <laughs> Y'all are great. <laughs> we made it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, you can make your own adventure getting there mm-hmm. as uh, Dr. Aaron has embodied. Um, so that's this November, 2023. And then we've got fall flavors coming up. Yes. Fall flavors, September, September 21st, 21st, the Thursday. So um, go yeah, ahead, Jess. September 21st, Thursday. Chef Manny is going to be there and we're going to be doing like barbecue and grilling and it's going to be outdoors at Mend in Invergrove Heights. Yay. Uh, we're going to be down by this beautiful um, airstream that's got a porch on it and there will be animals there, sheep, chickens, ducks, cats, horses. Um, and it's just going to be a great night. You know, Chef Manny always puts on a good show. And also the food is bomb. Yeah. You can't really, you know, I don't know if it's just that he's here and cooking for us, but it feels better than most restaurant foods you would ever eat. For those of you who don't know, that's my my father, which came from my parents having sex. Anyway, we're getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) Yeah. And then food, what? Dr. Aaron and I are coordinating a special event in October. The details are still coming together, yeah. so we'll let you know. But Fundraising event, right? Yep, mm-hmm. fundraising event, October 13th, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Spooky season. Yep. Obviously. <laughs> has and to be uh, this is a good fundraising event. We'll keep you updated on details. Yep. It'll be a party. And then we've been kind of dripping this out. It's Woo-hoo. not like full-blown out there in social media yet, but some of you know because you've already signed up, but... With all the immersions we've done, we've always asked for feedback. And a lot of you have said, what if we went somewhere else other than Minnesota? What if we went closer to the ocean? What if we went to the mountains? And we listened to you and just found a place outside of the U.S., y'all. So we're going international that has both mountains, ocean, animals, jungles, waterfall, like basically everything on the planet that is absolutely amazing in nature is there. So completely aligned with our values of sustainability and community and it's going to be a good time. Yeah. So we're bringing the immersion international end of February. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, End of February through the beginning of March instead of 
three and a half days. It's a week long. Cause that was another thing we got is people basically just didn't want to leave the immersion, but they wanted more integration time between the content. So we're doing it for a full week y'all in Costa Rica. So we've already sold some tickets. We've only got eight left. So make sure you get your tickets, book your travel, go to the link in the show notes. It's got all the details you need. Reach out to us, but it's going to be fucking epic because hello, Costa Rica in February. Like why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. And like not to go into too many details, but the prop it's 800 acres, Mm -hmm. the property, they have food forests. They have their own like orchard. They make cacao there. It's a biological reserve. Yeah. Yeah. on the beach in the mountains yeah so yeah cool. there's details on the page but there'll be way more downtime excursions time in nature anyway we'll just like drop that little gift for you go check it out and uh let us know early bird pricing goes is on right now yeah correct yeah yeah cool so yeah that's the housekeeping y'all so let's get into the content we're talking about sex, sex and intimacy um, so we talked a little bit about this, you know, being with your kiddos, just and hearing like those conversations, but I'm curious when it comes to sex and intimacy, what was your guys's experience in your childhood conversations growing up? Like, did you talk about it? Was it just like you figured it out when it was happening? Like, what was your experience? <laughs> I didn't learn <laughs> anything about sex from my parents um and school so like trigger warning I sustained sexual abuse as a child and because of that I think my parents are really uncomfortable talking to me about sex um because they didn't want to trigger me uh I didn't realize what was happening I didn't know that that was what was going on so I think they were like scared to broach that topic with me Um, and I'm smiling really big (laughs) because my parents never talked to me about it. But one day my older brother came over. He is like, I don't know. I must've been 15 or 16 at the time too late. Um, but he was like, you want to smoke a cigar with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we went (laughs) and sat on my back, my parents back porch. How old are you? Like 15 or 16. Oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, we went and sat on my parents like back balcony and we were like, lit up a cigar I don't know what prompted him to do this, if it was my parents or what, but he was like, so you're getting to that age where there's going to be guys that are interested in you. And I was like, because I got big boobs. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but uh, he was like, and they'll want to do other things with you too. And I was like, hmm, what kind of other things? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he basically was just like, don't have sex. And then um, maybe like a month later, my dad took me out to eat at the Liffey. I don't think it's there anymore. It's in downtown St. Paul. It's like this beautiful rooftop patio thing. And he like produced a ring box and gave me a chastity ring that basically said like, you'll be a virgin until you're married. And I was like Uh. 16 and I was like, it's too late. Like, I already had sex. I didn't tell him that. I was just like, oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> then the, waitress, the waitress came over. My dad got up and went to the bathroom, and the waitress came over, and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, why? She's like, 
Like, I saw that guy give you a ring, and you're wearing it on your ring finger. Like, I think she thought that he was, like, grooming you or grooming something. Grooming me, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's my dad. It's basically, like a, he just gave me a ring so that I would be a virgin until I was married. And she just started <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and that was the extent of the conversation I had in the home mm. about sex with my brother and my father. Mm. And not my mother. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Doc? Um, so... We didn't really have any childhood sex conversations. My mom um, had my sister when she was 16 years old. And so she she led, and I love you, mom. I love you so much. But she led. Does your mom listen to this podcast? She does sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have sex when I was 16. I waited till I was married. Because like, my mom was having sex at an early age. So like she knew, right? But I Not mean, only having sex, but like having babies. Then having babies, yeah. So she led with like the fear of like I don't want that to be my girls um even though like having my sister was the greatest thing to happen to her at that age and kind of like life-saving in a sort of way like she still didn't want that for us right so um it was just more of don't ever have sex when I was in the same boat as you mm-hmm. Jess of well uh, too late I think I lost my virginity at like 16 with my long-term boyfriend, um, the conversation actually surrounding, like, having protection outside of, like, school and putting a condom on a banana came from my high school boyfriend's mom because mm. she walked in on us. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Intimate. Um, and so we were wrapping Christmas presents together, and she was like, so... Um, I don't are you on birth control (laughs) and we had that really uncomfortable conversation but I mean I also kind of appreciated it because I didn't have like that open conversation like with my parents at home so I'm very impressed by that I hope that if my kids are ever when that happens Mm -hmm. that I feel confident having that conversation not only with them but with their partner Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 well and like Speaking, I think woman to woman is a lot easier too. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> the reason why, by the way, we're talking about this is for this very reason because we understand. I think it's maybe better now than it was when we were younger, but like it's become so taboo. And you can even hear us like joking and laughing, but beneath that, like this is a significant conversation to have in the culture that like sex is part of being a human being it's part of biology if you choose to have sex like if you're choosing celibacy great and it's not always with like a man and a woman right um is there anything else you wanted to share yeah i remember your chastity ring story (laughs) when you said it's not always between a man and a woman i was like is she talking about animals? What? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, like men can have sex and together yes, and women yeah. can have sex together. Like, Jess is looking at me like, <laughs> what? And, well, the, yeah. and sex doesn't have to be penetration either. It right. can also be oral sex. So, yeah. You know. yeah. It could be self-sex. Yes. Well, and that's mm-hmm. why like sex is such a, I'm calling it like sex and intimacy. Um, and we'll get into like how to expand your ability to, Be intimate, not even sexually, but like intimate in relationships and receive pleasure, not just sexually, but in so many different ways in your nervous system. Um, For me, I mean, we had like the talk in school in fifth grade, but it wasn't really about 
sex as much. It was more just about menstruation and periods and like you all will bleed and this is how you like navigate that. This is how you use a tampon. Here's why. But it wasn't really like about sex. Um, I definitely found like a porn channel as a child and like, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) by accident, by accident. And that's like how I learned was through, like, I found this channel and I was like, what are the, I I was probably like eight. Mm -hmm. And like, I was like, what are these people doing? My discovery of like what sex was, which I didn't even know what it was. It was like, they're doing something and. I don't know what, but they're doing something. And then I also experienced, you know, if you go episodes past, we all share our sexual healing journey. Um, My first experience with like feeling pleasure down in that area was with my babysitter, which people would call molestation. But, you know, like I, I feel like I don't really identify with the victim side of that story anymore. But that was my first experience of like non- consent stimulation in that area where I was like you're touching me in this way and I feel something um so that was my first exposure was like eight years old like pornography and like experience with my babysitter and then I don't think I mean I'm sure like talked about it with my friends you know like have you like touched yourself or have you had sex with a guy or I don't know so it wasn't ever really talked about with um adults that much it was more like, oh, don't watch that. You know, that's bad, right? Like, I remember my dad, like, came home one time and was like, like, oh, this is bad. Why are you guys watching this? And I was like, I don't fucking know. It's on the TV. Like, anyway, what's your what's your side of that story since you're no. marrying my brother? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll... I'll get back to that later. Okay. okay. Maybe that's a, a OnlyFans podcast episode. No, yes, for our OnlyFans. Actually, no, it, it was about other things that you guys discovered mm. within your home. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my mom listens to this podcast, so, you know, yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> but I've definitely, you know, yeah, walked. I mean, the first time I lost my virginity was seven. Have you lost your virginity more than once? Yeah. Yeah. In many forms. Cool. Many forms. 17. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Side note. Remember beginning of this episode, Mel is integrating from a journey and words don't always make sense. But yeah, the first time I lost my virginity (laughs) um, was with my boyfriend, long-term boyfriend in in high school. And it was actually in his mom's bed. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So cute. Yeah. Cute. We're all like little assholes. <laughs> I hope my kids are better behaved. And if they have sex in my bed, swear to God. <laughs> the hammer down. Yeah. Like if you're going to do it, choose your own bed. And <laughs> wear a condom. Yes. Yes. There were condoms involved. To be honest, I can't even remember my first time. I remember like my almost first time mm. more than the actual first time. Yeah. Were you yeah. drinking? No, no. Um, I think because of like the excitement of the almost first time, like, holy shit, is this happening? And then like, I grew up in a small sort of like country town out in Washington. So my high school boyfriend got called out in the middle of it to go buck some hay. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. When your mom was like, don't do this. Did she have you like start birth control early? No, she would not let me even be on birth control. 
Oh, mm-hmm. um, which like in hindsight, I'm like, oh, well, Thanks. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really wanted to be on birth control mainly for my cycles because my cycles were so bad and I didn't actually go on birth control until I went to the ER, um, because something was drastically wrong and they just said, oh, it's just painful periods, <laughs> just dysmenorrhea. There's nothing just wrong. Just take this pill. Yeah. But I was like yeah. actually concerned that I was having a miscarriage or something along those lines. And then that's when my mom found out that I was actually active. Mm. When I was like, hey, uh, I could be miscarriaging. Yeah. <laughs> it's very plausible. Yeah. I was like a terrible teenager. And my parents still think I did not have sex until I was like, well, like 21. Well, terrible is a perception. I was a terrible teenager. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just... To whose standards? Yeah, no. I was just, um, like, really resistant and, like, really secretive. And secretive because I felt like I had to be. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, my parents, like, thought that I was a virgin until basically I got pregnant outside of wedlock. I know my grandparents were, when Ben and I moved in together which I had had many sexual partners before Ben. Um, Because permiscuity is a form of a trauma response. So side note of that, um, I became like very promiscuous in college because it was like, I'm free from this toxic relationship. And now I'm like, fuck it, let's go. Um, But I know my grandparents were like, you guys are moving in together before marriage. I'm like, oh, grandma. (laughs) <laughs> oh grandma it's okay <laughs> it's <gonna be> fine. <laughs> like don't worry but yeah. there's definitely that like you know whatever your beliefs are in religion and it's you know right wrong good bad that's outside of the moralities like how much shame and guilt we can have when you experience pleasure yeah right like there can be so much suppression and repression and anytime there's repression of something in culture it comes out sideways in like porn addiction or sexual addiction or like anytime there's a subdiction of like avoid and you suppress it there's these addictions that can happen and I feel like you know unless we learn how to embody our sexuality and intimacy it's just going to be this repeating cycle of like taboo and hush hush and like oh you said the word sex it's like how can we make this more normalized and know that it's part of biology to have a libido, to seek pleasure, to be intimate. Um, Yeah. And I will say like something that I've been exploring is like, how do you have that conversation and normalize it, but also like still let it be something sacred. Absolutely. Um, And I think that like there is a, a learning curve for many people where they have to like go and experience something that isn't sacred, like the Mm -hmm. opposite side of that to appreciate how sacred a sexual relationship can be. Absolutely. Um, But I I think that the casualness of it, there's things that could be learned there, but it's so much better when it, it is like a a union between two people. Well, that's what kind of what I was saying earlier, like topic of this conversation, sex and intimacy, like, sexuality is more than just like doing the thing it's like connecting with a person and opening up and having consent every step of the way and receiving pleasure not even just from like being in each other's presence you know and for me in college there was so much promiscuity because deep down there was a part of me that just wanted to be liked that just wanted to be accepted and I thought well 
if I put myself out there and I kind of give this guy what, you know, he wants, or I thought that they wanted, then maybe they'll like me, you know, and that's part of kind of that people pleasing trauma response. But as Jess is saying, I totally agree when you can really honor the sacredness of your body and that experience, like for me, the, the pleasure capacity becomes so much wider because there's a groundedness and there's a, a sacred honoring of the experience. Yeah. And I think that it's like the pendulum swing of like sex is just for married people. And mm-hmm. then it's like sex is super casual and anybody can be having it. It's like, how do you find that middle ground mm-hmm. unless you like swing to both sides and experience it? Yeah, for sure. Well, and that kind of relates to um, your nervous system and sex because it wouldn't be a podcast episode if we didn't talk about the nervous system because that's a lot of our expertise and I think it's important if you are on a journey of sexual health sexual healing embracing intimacy doesn't have to be with another person by the way it can be with yourself it's important to understand that your nervous system in order to receive like sexual pleasure and forms of intimacy in that way, you need to be able to access the sympathetic side, which listen to previous episodes, listen to some master classes we have, but the sympathetic side is more of your drive, your libido, like seeking out the pleasure and engaging, like having that healthy kind of drive. And then the parasympathetic side is the ability to like relax and receive and surrender into the experience of the sensation or stimulation and not feel like you need to like grip or tighten up and go into defense again. So it's like speaking of more sex, I guess, in this form, your nervous system has to do this oscillation and this dance of like, I'm dry, I have a healthy libido, a healthy sex drive, and I can relax and surrender into the experience. And you can take this not just in sex, but in any in any relational capacity, like speaking to someone and then sitting back, receiving and listening. And then, you know, it's just, it's such a dance, Mm -hmm. such a dance. Well, and any sort of stressed nervous system isn't, I mean, it's going to push out so much adrenaline within your body, which Mm -hmm. is going to actually suppress your oxytocin, which is necessary for relationships and building and love. Hormones. Yeah. Hormones. (laughs) So yeah, having that balance is huge just for the hormonal balance that you need to build connection with people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, when I first, and this is part of one of my podcast episodes, but to kind of bring this to the surface again, when I first actually felt really safe with with Ben, um, there were moments like you, I would access a level of pleasure. And then if you have any sexual fracturing, what can happen is like you access this different level of pleasure in your body or in your mind. And you can go into this like, speaking for me it doesn't happen nearly as much anymore but for me it would be like oh am I worthy of this Mm -hmm. or like oh can I handle this level of pleasure like is this okay Mm -hmm. like is this this is reality and like I talk to so many women and clients where like they've never they've never had an orgasm Mm -hmm. like they've faked their orgasms and I'm just like that like I'm like oh you know and that's I don't know that's possible and yet how often are people just faking this experience because they haven't learned this ability for their nervous system to relax and receive in a safe consensual way. And at the same time, like you can have very safe and satisfying sex without 
orgasming. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Orgasm doesn't have to be the end, the goal. Yeah. Right. Like you can have an experience and that can be the experience and that can be beautiful. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. I was going to say there's been like moments with like my current partner and even previous partners too, where there could be those triggers, especially if you've had sexual assaults before, um, the history of that, where your physiology, you might be so like, like mentally into it. And then your physiology is like, Whoa. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's honoring that. And also like having that open communication pathway with your partner too, because that can be really alarming for them. Um, just to like build safety for both you and them and navigating that sort of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, For me personally, it was like, I don't know what triggers are going to occur or when they are, but like how can we find a way to like build that safety again in that moment? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like going off of that is like, you don't always know what the triggers are, like what you're saying, but you know what feels good Mm -hmm. and you know what you like. And there's such a, a taboo around talking about that because it's like oh i'm i'm being so vulnerable with expressing what i want and what i like in Mm -hmm. this situation and if you just start to have a conversation i think it's like there's a fear are they going to reject this idea of this thing and then there's that embarrassment but the the truth of it is is if you are able to start having those conversations then you're going to recognize that they're probably open to that kind of stuff. Or if they're not, they might learn why you want that and be able to do that. And so instead of becoming a, we need to shy away from these things, it becomes that we need to lean into these things in life, which is kind of like how you guys operate with network is like you mm-hmm. lean into the things that work rather yeah. than the things that aren't working. Yeah. What feels safe, what feels pleasurable. Again, pleasurable is not just sexual, but like what feels like I don't want to say good but like what feels satiating to your nervous system Mm -hmm. like what feels like there's a breath you can fill up and take up space what feels like wholeness you know not just like follow what feels good because sometimes what feels good is that quick dopamine hit in the culture so I'm very conscious of the languaging but yeah to kind of build on what you two are saying I think it's really important to have those conversations with yourself first because primary relationship is with you. And then if you do have a partner or maybe you're dating, like be open to having those conversations outside of the moment, right? Like what what feels good in your nervous system? Um, and it doesn't always have to be sexual. It can be like, I appreciate physical touch. You know, I appreciate eye gazing. I appreciate, you know, hugs throughout the day. Um, that's something Ben and I have talked about. And I've noticed in my system is like, I definitely regulate well just random hugs or like random touches in our environment where he'll come up and just hug me or like, you know, these these other things that can build that intimacy throughout the day versus being professional. Sometimes we can get caught in like doing our work. And then if we try to go into in- intimacy later in the day, it's like, whoa, there's been no like foreplay throughout the day. Right. You know? Yeah. And I'm curious however much you guys are willing to share. Um, what's supported you in that kind of process throughout the day with partners or yourself? Yeah. Um, I don't like to be touched by strangers. I don't mind touching (laughs) strangers. Like I work with people's bodies all day, Mm -hmm. 
But I don't like when other people come into my bubble. Bubs. Um, with without permission. That's probably a trauma response, but also it's just how I function. It's like my safety. Um, when uh, when I'm with Michael or my children, physical touch is very important to me. Uh, it's not my love language with other people, but it is my love language in my home. So like hugging my kids, I love to like pat their heads. Um, Abraham, my youngest is really perceptive to that. So he's always rubbing my back or like on a walk, he'll put his arm around me, which I appreciate. But like, yes, I definitely need that physical touch throughout the day to like build a level of intimacy with Michael. Like I need him to give me hugs. I need him to like look at me and like pat my back, you know, just acknowledge that my existence is here for more than, you know, cause sometimes you get caught up in the daily like grind of having a home and a family like that. I'm there for more than just providing support for the family. Like I'm his partner. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like playfulness. I think like laughter and just like, I don't know, playing around in like the house, I would very consistently have to like ask for handholds just from like friends in general. And I'm recognizing now that like that was my like need of like intimacy within even just like friendships to kind of like self-soothe because I'm like, just hold my hand, just, yeah. just the fingers. Yes. I would imagine <laughs> to, <laughs> there you yeah, go. Like that just makes me happy. But also permission right yeah. <laughs> like hey do you want this does this feel good does this not what doesn't feel good anyway, yeah I would yeah. imagine with having a partner who's far away mm-hmm. and like yeah. and ha- re- maintaining that intimacy and intimacy is more than just sexual it's like we need like there has to be intimacy between friendships yes mm-hmm. uh, so you can create vulnerability but to like I need that level of touch is really important and I think it creates like a healthier body response so when you are back together with mm-hmm. your partner mm-hmm. there's that it becomes easier yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. well and I've been going through and I'm still like probably smack dab in the middle of like healing my intimacy sort of like trauma where mm-hmm. like I haven't felt safe necessarily like within my own body with like feeling and experiencing pleasure because I went through my promiscuous sort of phase um, for many 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 years through like undergrad and even into chiropractic school but that felt like more of a control so it's like letting go of the control like getting back in touch with like the feminine side of my being and allowing like myself to receive and that's really hard for me to do sometimes Mm -hmm. and like to make that eye contact because that's just another like depth to the intimacy that I'm like oh (laughs) I'm being seen. Yeah. <laughs> I have kind of like a edgy feeling about that is that, and I, and I mentioned this before is that, um, I was pushed into like a really feminine role when I was younger. And then I went to college and I found like that women can do it all. And like, you know, <laughs> like we're not meant to do, we could do a lot of things, but we're yeah, not meant to do it all. Some distortion in that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so like, reclaiming you know like there's such a negative perspective on like the patriarchy and like masculine energy right now I feel like it's maybe dying out but that could also be what I'm exposing myself to I'm not seeing as much of it but um like there is such 
joy in being a feminine woman and receiving love and intimacy from a masculine energy. Yes. And yes. definitely my promiscu- promiscuity promiscuity <laughs> was a result of like me being in control. Like Absolutely. I felt like I had to be in control of a situation. I wasn't even really receiving anything. I was not receiving pleasure from those mm-hmm. situations. I was receiving control. And like Mel said, it was like, I'm giving this person what they want and maybe they'll like me. Maybe they'll enjoy this. And it, but I myself didn't really receive anything from that situation yeah. Yeah. except for maybe trauma. Yeah. some orgasms <laughs> i don't even know in my promiscuous days if there was like orgasm involved because it was totally control yeah like mind control bodily control like oh it's cool if like you get off but you know like it was like oh it's, if you get off then you'll like me right like it doesn't matter about me yeah i'm just also like wow a sense of pride to be like yeah i got him off right right mm-hmm. <laughs> and by the way you know we're speaking to this like we're all in, you know, heterosexual relationships. That's not necessarily like, you know, true orientation. Like you can be We're in heterosexual relationships now. Now. Yeah. And you can be attracted to whatever you're attracted to, right? When it comes to intimacy, but that's just what we're speaking to. Yeah. But I think comes back to, again, I wanted to talk about this conversation because it's come up a lot with clients that I've worked with who have the sexual fracturing and they are still working through like they want to have that level of intimacy where they can surrender and tap into their feminine and like receive pleasure in all forms not just orgasm but just throughout the whole experience right and I just felt it important to like minimize the taboo especially as practitioners in the world to be like hey we have our own healing stories we have our own experiences and we know this from like a biological nervous system perspective and as Jess was speaking to earlier there are ways throughout the day that you can learn to deactivate your nervous system not just be on all the time where it takes you maybe hours to like come down to be like okay now I finally feel safe to like receive now if if that's your if that's your lead-up time great but there are ways that you can practice receiving And in training your nervous system where when you are with your partner or yourself, it feels so much more organic and natural and not like for me, a lot of the times it was like, I felt like a floating head, like stuff would be happening down here in, in relationships, you know, before Ben. And I was like, well, I'm kind of just like numbed out, you know, Mm. like I was so sympathetically driven that, you know, I couldn't dip into my parasympathetic for even like a moment, you know, so like in my head. So I'm. If y'all want to, we can jam on like ways that you feel like you pleasure tight to eat throughout the day since we're all working with people throughout the day, right? We're in yeah. intimate settings. Um, but I'm curious like what strategies or ways that people can tap into this so that their sexual intimacy can maybe come online from a, a safer foundation, so to speak. I had great sex last night cool yeah <laughs> with your brother <laughs> with my brother uh, those are like bother me though like right you know maybe you in guys the are together in the beginning of our relation of mine and michael's relationship mm-hmm. you were in a different spot around like sex and stuff so well, yeah yeah it's my brother but, yeah and but i'm like well we're human beings yeah and you've just become so much more like open and yeah about it and like yep. yeah so the but um 
it, I was coming off the butt, but no, oh. I was coming off a 41 hour work week. Cause I'm going out of town. Yeah. I'm not salaried yet. I'm hourly. So I picked up hours before going out of town. So I worked 11 hours, 10 hours, 10 hours, 10 hours. That's a lot. And it is a lot. And I had a 94% productivity this week. So that means that 94% of the time that I was at work for those 41 hours, I was working with a patient. Oh, wow. Um, and that's a lot. Mm -hmm. That is a lot. So last night I was like, I spend all week providing relief and pleasure and feeling Mm -hmm. for patients, for my children. And so like before we became intimate, I was like, I'm just going to like let myself be treated like a patient. Like I, you know, and that, that's a mindset I had to get into is like, I give, and I can receive. Mm-hmm. Um, I give to my kids. I give to Michael. I give to my home. I give to my patients. I give to the community. And now is my time to receive. Yeah. And that that mind shift last night, because I there's been times where I'm like, I'm just going to do this because I know that it will keep us together and intimate. And there is like a, an importance of being intimate in that way in relationships. But like, I'm just going to receive this. Mm-hmm. It was so much more fun to just be like, I'm going to receive and enjoy mm-hmm. and like I give and I can take. Yeah. yeah, That's important. And knowing that that is biologically necessary. And for those of you who work with a lot of people is just as speaking to just a like caveat to that is not going into guilt and shame around your pleasure and receiving because I think that's a big thing is like we think oh I'm receiving pleasure but it should be hard or like I have Mm -hmm. to really work for it you know and not that you can't put in work in the world and receive that feedback loop of like yeah that's satisfying to do good work in the world but there's so much in our current way of being of like work 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 and then you can receive it's like an ounce of receiving for like 20x work versus like you know, it's, it's, we're meant to receive pleasure. Yeah. Like that's in our nervous system. And, um, I want to caveat this with like, I don't provide any sexual pleasure for my <laughs> yeah. patients. Yes. And none of us do that. No, no, no happy endings. Thank you for but, specifying that. Because, yes, yes. But like, <laughs> when I, when I was like preparing for the evening, I was like, how would I want my patients to come into a mindset of like receiving from me? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one way, like, of calming my nervous system and, like, taking my me outside of my overthinking is, like, how would I want other people to receive the care and mm-hmm. the, like, you know, there is intimacy in our sessions because they're taking their shirts off and I'm, like, doing trigger points yeah. and I'm readjusting their bodies and stuff like that. And I want them to be relaxed. And so how do I replicate that in myself when, when in myself when I'm receiving nice, a happy ending mirror, mirror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously I hope people understand, like, yes, we believe in consent and that is not the type of practices we're running, but there's a metaphor of like pleasure, pain, um, intimacy. Like it's not just sex. Like, yes, we're relating it to sex, but you know, that's a great question to ask yourself is like, how can you sink into the moment and receive the pleasure of the moment more in any, in any form? Yeah. I like that. Thank you. How about you, Dr. Aaron? 
Um, so we have team time on Thursdays and Ashley led us through meditation. Oh yeah, that was beautiful. That was a really great way for us to deactivate from checking people all morning long, go, 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 even from, you know, the rest of like the work week, it was a pretty demanding week. It was an intense week. <laughs> and Lots of like, children. I was bleeding and you yeah. had just stopped bleeding. So yeah. it was, it was a lot. So just to take a moment to focus on yourself and your breath and a yellow light in your heart center was huge just to come back mm-hmm. down. Um, but other than that, like I have two dogs, two really cute fluffy dogs with a lot of energy. And there are moments when like I come home and I just want to chillax mm-hmm. and like do nothing. And then they're looking at like at me, like mom, give us attention. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well I can still deactivate and play with you and that's going to serve two purposes like you're going to get stimulation that you need and I'm going to like laugh at how weird and goofy my husky Mm. is when she's trying to like wrestle with my leg you know (laughs) (laughs) and I find a lot of like pleasure and enjoyment with that yeah and also they're just so fluffy and I'm like how can you be so soft and fluffy like I just you gosh it's it's so ridiculous (laughs) sensation yeah the sensation of that I'm like yeah and I like um like feeling and like textures and everything so I'm like yeah this is like pleasurable just to like pet you um and playful to watch them and playful is like what you like Mm -hmm. in in intimate relationships Mm -hmm. like not just with your with jp but like with your friends with Mm -hmm. us you're Mm -hmm. like playful and fun and that's what you like yeah yeah watery watery (laughs) and feminine yeah if you can hear my jingle of my earrings that's my water (laughs) (laughs) they are watery what are their whales starfish these came why you all have to watch on youtube yes They're cute. I like them. Yeah. They make Embody a lot of your water. But what, yeah, what you two are speaking to is definitely the um, the sensory, mm-hmm. right? Nervous system senses um, is important to, and can be very powerful to relax into your body more. Like, oh, it's, it's safe to sense things. It's safe to like breathe or be like physical touch. It's safe to, mm-hmm. you know, touch the different textures and mm-hmm. have the multi-sensory experience. Anything else you want to share? Otherwise, I'll share what works for me. Share what works for you. Um, I have found, yeah, more deactivation. Like for me, being an earth person, getting on the earth, whether it's like my feet in the grass or literally like laying down, like either belly down or spine on the ground and just going horizontal to reorient my nervous system and like hands on my body, breath work, just kind of like, letting my hands go wherever they want to go has been really helpful, especially when I get home instead of like going to the next thing, just like laying down for a second in the middle of our living room and just breathing and maybe listening to music or sometimes Ben will come over and, you know, we'll get playful or we'll start doing like acro yoga, but just being able to have those moments of titrating deactivation and So I know what we mean by deactivation is if you've been on all day, like working with clients, working on projects, you're activated, like your nervous system is engaged. And so it's important to have some deactivation and disengaging moments to regulate your nervous system that really we want to work with waves, right? Like you're on, then you're off, then you're on, then you're off. And a lot of people talk about 
and our culture being on all the time, which, you know, it's like do IVs, drink coffee all day, like biohacking to be on all day, which actually goes against a lot of our biological rhythms. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found even sometimes like in between clients, if we have a moment or lunchtime, just laying on the table and just breathing for a second. Um, But I've been really enjoying like putting my feet in the grass since it's summertime here. We'll see what happens in the winter. But just like getting in the elements is like a really great way for my nervous system to deactivate, come back into my sensory body and not so much like in my head. Um, And a, a thing I've noticed more this year is not going to like over consumption of like I get home and I feel so activated like I would sometimes overeat and I wouldn't trust my sensory cues Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to do more of that before I go into dinner so I can really trust my biological cues more and more so I just speak that because I know some of you have mentioned like you get off from a day not orgasm off you get (laughs) done with your day and you feel like you need just so much stimulation to deactivate where it's it's nice to have these moments of titration where at the end of the day it's not just like crash and burn if that makes sense yeah totally so because I mean a lot of people they've been on all day long they get home and they need something else to stimulate Mm -hmm. that sort of deactivation for them whether it's watching tv getting like that visual sort of like cue so you don't need to create visualization for yourself yeah. or drinking alcohol yeah. um and scrolling scrolling which, you know i'm guilty sometimes yeah and it's not to like shame anyone for that but what if you traded those sort of actions for one of these yeah yeah and see how that changes things for you and i think um like a touchy topic with that is like when you're engaging with your sensory body it's easier for you to be intimate without needing like other things so, like my thing that I've been learning a lot about is pornography mm-hmm. and how well first of all there's lots of like social issues around pornography like most of those women are on drugs there's a lot of trafficking that happens there there's stuff that on porn websites that aren't consensual when they're not some of them like they're not even enjoying it no no it's just penetration yeah. for yeah. like the the shot Right. And when you're engaging in use of pornography, you're creating unsustainable dopamine structures in your brain and also unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Um, and so like being able to find things in your day to day life that, like you said, like titrate you and allow you to come into that sensory openness, I would call it, and willingness to try things without needing like pornography is really important. And I I just wanted to mention that here because there is a a large use of pornography, especially among our men. Um, And it's uh, very damaging. Yeah, Yeah. creates such unrealistic expectations of, you know, what we think people should look like and how you think sex actually goes. Right. When sometimes when you're like really into the moment, like, you're on and then you're off and then you're on and then you're off versus just like on, 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 done. Yeah. Like it's, what's normal is like waves, mm-hmm. you know, like on, off, on, off, right? Versus like, yeah. Anyway, if you get what I'm saying, I have a visual <laughs> in my head, so I don't need to go into the visual, but I am very glad you said that because that is a, 
that's a subdiction addiction thing. Yeah. For sure. And it stems from what we talked about in the beginning of repressing these conversations. And then all of a sudden it's like you're so repressed that you're like seeking the way opposite side, which is a form of creating balance. But we're basically saying to sum this all up is how can we diminish the polarities and have you like receive, give, receive, give, and have those waves be less, you know, intense throughout the day, so to speak. Anything else on on this topic? I feel like we could do a part two of one we these days. Could do a part two. <laughs> there could be a part two of like all of our content. I feel like I love talking about sex. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you too for being so like open and honest. Welcome. I know that's yeah. you know. Just thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feels good. Yeah, doesn't it feel good to be like really fucking honest with your mm-hmm. friends and like the people that you care about and people that are strangers who I don't know who are listening to this mm-hmm. right now? It just feels good to speak your truth. Yeah, and listen, sex is all about pleasure, so it should yep. be pleasurable to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm the more I can allow women to be like, hey, if you want to have an orgasm that brings you to all alternate dimensions and a psychedelic experience i'm fucking for it so and that doesn't have to be your goal i'm just saying it is a possibility okay all right um last thing this is always in the show notes but on the release of this episode if you want to go deeper with this in our inspire co vitality vault in our membership if you're not a practice member if you are a practice member it's part of your plan and your monthly membership, we have a class on sex intimacy in the nervous system. So check that out, go a little deeper with it, explore. And you know, if you do have a partner, be open to learning with them. And as Dr. Aaron said, have that open communication. That is a very powerful form of intimacy that it can be very, very healing when you've maybe had moments where you didn't feel seen, you didn't feel heard and you felt fractured. So we're here to, we're here to change that paradigm. One quick last thing. If you're like, I don't know what I need during sex, turn off the pornography, diddle yourself, and think about what you think about while you're engaging diddle. with yourself. Diddle, diddle, diddle <laughs> yourself. Fuckle <laughs> durkle yourself. No, diddle yourself. Uh, no, pleasure like, your Pleasure biology. yourself. Yeah. Pleasure yeah. yourself and say like, what comes to mind when I'm doing this? Mm-hmm. And then like, how do I create this between two people? Yeah. And yeah. don't forget to breathe. And breathe. Breathing keeps you in your body and feeling that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well said, Jess. Thank you. <laughs> diddle. Diddle. All right, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Maybe I'll do part two diddle. We're talking about masturbation. If you haven't figured that out, that's what she's talking about. You diddle yourself. <laughs> Is that on that Urban Dictionary? I'm going to Google it. <laughs> All right. Until next time, this is Dr. Mel. Dr. Aaron. And Jess. And we are here to guide you in the reclamation of your power, invite you to pursue your purpose, and ultimately inspire you to play all out in life. This is the Project Lioness podcast. See you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining the Project Lioness podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit from the Project Linus message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. Sincerely yours in power, purpose, and play. 
Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast. Keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring. <laughs>